if you're looking to sell your home in this crazy marketplace that we have going on in New Jersey right now, this show's a must-see. So, Dino, a popular topic today, especially someone looking in the housing market, is do I rent or do I buy? And what do you see as the pros and cons in the rent versus buy debate? Well, it depends, I think, longevity of how long do you need to stay in your house. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to move six months, 12 months, 18 months, even any, up to two years, it's probably not the best idea to buy. Right. Uh, and in this economy, we're... Some people do need to be mobile, depending on your profession. You may need to have to pick up and go, and and that's fine. Uh, in those cases, renting is a viable option. Yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, if you got to keep your interests on the go, let's say rent rent a property. Yeah, it's challenges though with renting right now because we hear a lot about the home buying market and there's no inventory and there's bidding wars and all these different things going on. But when you look at rentals, it's not much different right now. Renting is a much better of an right. option right now. Inventory is low on rentals as well throughout the entire state, not just Monmouth and Ocean Counties, the entire state. So what do you do? Right. You have to make sure that your credit's uh, up to par, above par. You have to make sure your employment status is steady. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a great history. You have good references. Where else do you go with that? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it seems like in a lot of situations, like when you look at renting a property right now, it can be harder to rent than it can to buy, even when you look at credit score, right? So for mortgages, you can have a 620, sometimes even a lower credit score and still buy a house. But it's going to be pretty hard to find a rental property with a 620 credit score right now. Right. Well, the issue number one is rentals are also receiving multiple offers. Right. It's not just sales. It's not just regular homes listed for sale. So if you're a renter going into a, looking at a beautiful unit, house, whatever the case may be, you may be competing with other age, uh, other agents and other tenants looking for homes, and a lot of them. So if a landlord's looking at two potential tenants, and one has a 700 credit score or better, and one has a 600 credit score or better, right. technically a 640 credit score isn't that bad. No. However... If you're competing with someone with a 720 credit score, uh, then the landlord will most likely choose them. You know, I, you know, I talk a little bit about the bidding wars with rentals. So I know, Dino, you've been in the industry for a really long period of time, as have I. Have you seen that before? We have bid Not ups like on that. rentals? Not like that. Not the way it's happening now. Right? It's insane. It's insane. There, there were periods uh, when... I'd say 2007 into eight, where buyers were afraid uh, to purchase, and so a lot of them there was there was a hot rental market in mm -hmm. there. But working predominantly in Monmouth and Ocean counties, I never saw what's happening now. Right, we have an overall shortage that I've never seen before since COVID started. People were looking to move to our area. I I have friends that are realtors, and of course, being in the business, and I try to stay in communication. What's going on in different markets? Yeah. And I, we all know, going in, into northern New Jersey, that market's hot. It's, yeah. It has been. Try getting into a, a beautiful rental in Hoboken. 
and now even right. Jersey City and right. all and, of them. You get into Bergen County, yeah, Essex County, they're all. all the same. They're so competitive. Those markets are extremely competitive for renters and buyers. Right. Um, and so if you're in a temporary situation and you want to rent, you know now is not the time for you to buy. Yeah, you have to make sure that you're... You better plan ahead, right? Yeah. You better make sure that your credit score is really good, that you got a job history. I mean, I would imagine that a landlord's going to ask for first month's security deposit. And what what can you... In the state of New Jersey, what's it, a month and a half? A month security? and a half security deposit. Okay. First month's rent. And if you're required to pay the commission to your agent as a, as a tenant, that's it. The landlord can't collect any more than a month and a half security. And keep and you first pay your first month's rent, and that's pretty much it. I have a question for you around sure. paying the agent on it. Yes, and I'm just going to pull this from experience. Sure. So I had rented an investment property that I have up in uh, Sparta, up in Sussex County. Sure. And I remember renting it out, and I was asked at the time to see whether or not I would pay some of the commission. Now I, I wasn't sure, and even being in the industry on the mortgage side, I was like, "Gosh, do I pay this? Does the seller pay this? Who pay? Or excuse me, does the renter or the landlord pay or the tenant pay it? Who generally pays it?" So in a sale, traditionally, uh, all commissions were traditionally all commissions were paid to the listing broker. Right. The listing if you're buying broker, a house, buying and selling a house, yep. and the listing broker shared their commission with cooperating brokers, mm -hmm. meaning buyers, brokers, and buyers agents. Now we're moving over into the the uh, rental the rental market. It's the same thing, technically. However, commissions are always market-driven. Mm -hmm. That just as the prices, if you're paying hypothetically, in theory, $100 for a rental, well, how much is the commission? If you're paying it in it, exponentially, the numbers work the same. Mm -hmm. However, it's always market driven. Um, in certain markets where inventory is super, super low and the demand yeah, is yeah. really, really high, uh, uh, low inventory, high demand, the landlord's kind of holding the cards and right. they may, they may say, you know what, we don't need to pay the rent. If you'd like to rent my apartment, you pay the commission. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, in a, in a normal balance market, it's generally, to your point, if you're selling a house, the seller's really paying the commission and then opting to share a portion of that on the, right. on the buyer's side. So if you're renting a property, it's really the landlord that should be paying the commission. Right. But you get into a market like this, it's really going to the tenant side as well, which you can see because someone's willing to do it. Right. Well, that's exactly it. So you're competing with and conversely, if you think about it historically, there were periods of time in, in the housing market for sale and for rent where buyers held the cards. I mean, we were both in the business. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back 10, 11 years ago, yeah. 12 years ago. They held ago, all the cards. The buyers held all the cards. You got to send they, people on a trip to Hawaii. Right. They would go. <laughs> to get them to buy your house. Ex that's exactly it. And they would go into homes and... They would take a second visit and then have to think about it and sleep on it. And they'd go back a third and fourth time. Let me bring my cousin who's a contractor and how much, let's get some estimates before I make an offer. And uh, the listing agents, well, we had to allow it. Right. And so, and the same thing, it was similar in the rental market because, well, inventory was high and demand was low. Right. And so the tenants got to call the shots. Oh, you know what? If you want me to sign a lease, you need to provide 
Well, you got to paint this place. Right. Fresh coat of paint. I, I personally would like the place uh, all painted orange, <laughs> and they and they had the opportunity yeah. to call those call those shots. In that scenario, the the landlord paid the commission, the sellers paid the commission. There were bonuses being offered out, all et cetera. I keep going with yeah. that. And right now, we're in a situation with demand being so high, and inventory being so low. The landlords are calling the shots. The sellers are calling the yeah. shots, and they're they're dictating the terms. They're dictating the prices, and within reason. And they're dictating, of course, they're dictating commissions. Yeah. So all things are negotiable: price, commission, so on and so forth. That never changes. It's always market driven. Yeah, it's a great point, Dan. It's always supply and demand on on the market, whether or not you're renting or whether or not you're buying. And with the rental market being so tight right now. I think people really should at least look to see, hey, should I really be trying to buy? And I know that's difficult as well right now, based on inventory, but you gotta right. know your options if you're gonna be in the property for a longer period of time. Right, of course, know your options. Where do you wanna be? How much do you wanna spend? Well, you need to speak with a lender before you do that. You find out how much you can spend, that may limit some of your options by way of where you wanna be. Then you go to, I'd like to be in this area, this township, this borough this county whatever the case may be you choose that location then quite honestly you have to choose an area expert you have to work with a, a realtor that's familiar with that mm -hmm. knows the market uh the, the school system the school system. system not that you give advice so, on the, how the school systems are but you know where to where would they go to school right, right. how far is it from where they're going to live i mean fortunately now from years ago a buyer and a, or a tenant can go online and find out right. uh, information about schools and read reviews. And we used to have one or two resources only. Uh, we could probably both rattle off those one <laughs> or two the websites to go to. Now there's multiple. And now, of course, there's multiple options. There's a lot of information out there mm -hmm. to help a, a buyer or a tenant make those choices. So you have to go in informed. Yep. And, and work with someone who's also informed and work with an agent that can assess your needs and work with a lender that can be honest with you about your finances. Sure. There's no shortcuts with that. Whether you rent or buy, that's what you're gonna come down to. Yeah, that's the process. Yeah, and you gotta understand your options and work with the right people mm -hmm. in, in developing those options. Mm -hmm. I wanna come back to the kind of rent versus buy scenario again, because when you look at, to your point, when you make a great one, you know, if you have a transient type of job, where you may be getting moved or you know it's a short-term situation. To your point, Dino, renting could be a really viable option. Right. But you're gonna be in that property for a two-year time frame. I mean, listen, they're not building any new construction. You don't see any new construction going up. You really have to look at, seriously, do I need to purchase a property? Couple of stats for everybody. So when you look at the appreciation of real estate, real estate appreciates at about, call it about between four and a four and a half percent per year, year over year, over a 50 year time frame. Right. When you look at renting, the cost of a rental goes up 6.2% right. per year over that same time frame. So listen, I mean, if you get into a rental property today and you're paying $2,000 a month, you know, statistically that's gonna go up 6.2% per year, right? And if you're gonna be in that rental property for five years, boy, you're throwing your money away. Well, it's just, you can't possibly keep up. Right. Because really, if, well, inflation's high now, but when average inflation is your pay, is your paycheck keeping up with inflation? Right. That's for you, really for you to realize and know if you're in an industry that will lend itself for, for you to be able to afford 
the increase in life and inflation are just existing and the increase in rent at that six plus percent uh, mm -hmm. increase every year. Uh, and some years it'll go down in a down market. Uh, but overall, essentially it'll even out the same. Can, can you guarantee that your income will increase six to seven percent, seven percent or better to outpace yeah. the, the cost of renting? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Dino, where, you know, at least when you're in the mortgage, you fixed it in. Right. Like taxes are going to maybe go up a little bit year to year. But even if you're at a higher interest rate that you want to pay, you can always refinance it and drop the payment where. But at least you fixed into that point in time. So you have, of course, Right, your principal, your your mortgage, and then of course you have, well, you mentioned your taxes. The many townships allow the the opportunity when values go down, to have your property reassessed. Great point. And fight your taxes while it's cumbersome process that I don't enjoy. But when the, if the values plummet, you basically have a legal right to renegotiate your taxes with your township. Will they cooperate? That's between you and your town. Sure. However, that opportunity exists. You're renting, yes, you can. Of course, if demand is low, you can renegotiate uh, your rent with your landlord. But keep in mind, the moment the market picks up, the moment demand uh, uh, you know, will increases uh, the supply, you have to be ready that you're going to get a substantial increase. Yeah. I mean, no matter what re news report you watch, what you read, everyone there all over the country, people are complaining, oh, my landlord increased my rent. X amount, I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. My land, my landlord just increased my rent up to and took away these amenities, mm -hmm. and I have to provide. Um, those days are always yeah. going to be numbered the, by way of how much your rent is. You know, and to that point, when you look at New Jersey as a whole, and I'm not sure if everybody out there knows this, New Jersey has no rent control. There's no rules in the state of New Jersey as to how much you're going to increase your rent by. Now, they may be town or county specific sure. where there can be some limitations on it. But the state of New Jersey doesn't matter. You can increase right. that, in, that rent as much as you want year over year. Right. So you can increase your rent. Well, as a landlord, you can. But again, it's market driven. So in the years, people, you know, tenants complain that their rent went up and uh, their, their rent became unaffordable. But then I also, having worked in this for a good 20 years, and I've had times where landlords have complained, I'm barely scraping by, I'm barely able right. to pay the upkeep and the, uh, and the mortgage. And, and so there, are, there were years in there. both ends. Yeah. There were years in there that the landlord couldn't keep up with their bills either. Yeah. So it's their time to overcompensate and maybe make up for lost time. Mm -hmm. That's always, again, it's market-driven. You just go with the flow. Buying an investment property to hold on to for a long period of time, uh, probably a good idea because over time, if you know from from a landlord perspective, you know if I pay X amount in theory, a hundred thousand dollars for a property, and exponentially I can collect six percent more year over year over year. Sure, uh, it's a winning. It's a winning no, game. No, that's a, that's a great point from an investment property property standpoint. So you get the 6.2 statistical increase year over year. You have the reduction in principal that really in the perfect world, even if your rent's breaking even. Mm -hmm. So my mortgage payment's 3,000, rent's 3,000. 
that 3000 in rent, well, some of that money is going towards the principal that you owe. That's and right. over a 10-year time frame, you'll see, depending on the loan amount, you'll see fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in principal reduction. Mm-hmm. Plus, as you know better than anybody, you're going to have that appreciation in real estate year over year. So if the appreciation is going up 4 4.5% 4.5% per year, That's right. it's just a winner long term. It's always a win. And, well, over the long haul, I don't believe that. It's not a short-term win. Yeah, you have to really be in it for the for the long game. Mm-hmm. But of course, being a realtor for twenty years and and working with people for so long, and independent contractors and a lot of small business people, they're not working in corporate America, and they want to know what opportunities do I have, to, basically plan for my retirement, mm-hmm. and as well, how much wealth can you build for retirement through. Owning, owning real estate. And we say that because yeah, everyone has this concept that there's big corporations that own all these buildings, and but there are a lot of, a lot of small business owners that own one, two, or three properties, or four properties, and they upkeep and they manage those properties, and these this is their investment. You own a pizzeria, you probably don't have a 401k sponsored by your corporation, right. matched, and so on and so forth. You have to think of ways for your future, and real estate's a great option. You know, along those lines, too, when you look at a diversified portfolio, I mean, some people, they there's no qualified retirement program that they're going into. Right. But even if you have one, well, that market's very volatile as well. I mean, no, how can you, thing. right? Same yeah. thing, it's going to go up and down, where real estate is a great hedge against all of that. Right. You know, not to mention the tax deductibility. Right of the potential tax deductibility of mm-hmm. the interest. You know, Dino and I have had conversations over many, many years of knowing each other. And when you look at real estate, there's a reason why wealthy people own real estate. Always. All wealthy people own real Always. estate. And the reason for that is they understand the math. Yeah, long-term. Exactly what you were just speaking to and I was speaking to. They know the long-term wealth associated with, with owning it. Right. And we all know they're not creating any more dirt. No, there's no way to buy <laughs> dirt. And the reality is, I think a lot of us, we think short-term, we think we're very short-sighted. We're now in a generation where we, we all, we're all guilty of it. We want instant, gratifi- instant gratification, pick up my phone, hit a website, get the information I'm looking for, make a reservation, order dinner. I'm going to this place. I'm, doing, I'm buying tickets for that. I want this, I have it within seconds, maybe a minute or two. Well, when you're thinking long-term wealth, those rules don't apply. It's not really, okay, a quick fix. It it requires some planning. It requires saving. It requires putting a plan together and moving forward and waiting a couple of decades. Discipline (laughs) and patience. Yeah, right. Discipline, patience, and upkeep and work. Uh, to keep up a property, you buy a property, it doesn't maintain itself. Yeah. All moving, anything with moving parts break, right? As like, right? Yeah. As we hit 50, we're real. <laughs> like my hip? Yeah, right. That elbow, yeah. uh, all, everything yeah. with a moving part breaks. Your, your body, your car, and the house. Yeah. That screen door that slams every time, over time will break. And while that's a eh, small cost, while a running furnace, and so as a landlord, these become your responsibilities. When you look at the long-term investment, yeah, all day long, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, short-term, it's painful. 
Yeah. It, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. You know, but but one thing's consistent, you know, especially when you're a couple of debonair, handsome fellows in their 50s. Sure. <laughs> we, we can look back and say, if I could have changed one thing in my portfolio, in your portfolio, what would it have been? Buy real estate. Buy more. Yeah. What about real estate? Go more, more real estate. Because we know, and now the hindsight's always 2020. You even go back to the crash in 2008, right? There was 2009, there was these huge opportunities in the marketplace. Right. And the people that were prepared, they capitalized on That's it. That's right. And look at where the markets went since then. Crazy. It's crazy. And I don't see the demand issue changing anytime soon or the supply issue. For right now, market conditions are what they are. And we were hoping for a normalcy. COVID threw a wrench in everything. I don't know that anything will ever be normal again. Mm -hmm. So while everything that goes up must come down, Will there be a correction? Probably. But for how long? I don't know. Right. How, how great will the correction be? It might not be that, that much. Right. It, it might be, we, we talk about, everyone discusses the crash of 08. Well, okay, will we ever see that again? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. If the demand stays high, there really is no place for prices to go. You know what? I, I couldn't agree with you more. And as you're talking, we're talking about investment properties. I was thinking about these hedge funds that are coming in and gobbling up properties. Now, I'm no rocket scientist, but if you have people at huge hedge funds that are saying rental properties are a great investment, yeah. why wouldn't it be a great investment for your average Joe? That's right. Right? I mean, they're looking at capitalizing and taking in more and more of the marketplace because they know they're going to get the appreciation. They know they're going to get the reduction in principal. They know they're going to get the tax benefits for Always, it. Forever. Forever. It's never going away. Right. Why? Wealthy people make the tax codes. Right. They're not changing them. The wealthy right. people own real estate. That's right. They're not going to change. So long term, it's it's a win. It's just a win. So if you're an individual, a small business owner, why wouldn't you do that on a smaller scale? Do you have the money of a hedge fund? Absolutely not. But to own a property, your first one, your second one, Sweat equity, of yeah. course, build it from there, go on to the next. Maybe it's maybe it's your plan, you should own three or four, depending on what you and your financial advisor come up with, mm -hmm. uh, your long-term plan. Maybe it's three, four, five. Maybe you don't need to own 50 properties, right. but maybe you, you should have several. Um, you know, maybe it's not even a bad idea to pull resources together with trusted people that you're that you're with and create your own little conglomerate. Sure. Two, three, five people where you're putting the money together and you're able to acquire more and there's diversification of risk. Right. And there's diversification as well of return on it, but you have diversification of risk. Right. You, someone you trust financially and yep. a really good attorney. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's just right. be real. Let's, let's keep it, you know. Really good attorney. Uh, yeah, so. so we're going to, Dino and I are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about some other market conditions. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back at you. You know, while we have Dino here, who's the executive broker at Keller Williams, a very large conglomerate of franchises, I want to capitalize on some of your expertise as to the local market conditions. Now, we were talking a little bit about New Jersey. We've talked about Monmouth and Ocean County and different counties in the state of New Jersey, but I want to get into some da data with everybody. So when you look at the new listings in quarter four, that's properties that are coming on the market, we see a trend downward. 
So I want to take a look at the new listings in the marketplace and compare them with quarter four of this year versus quarter four of last year. When I look at new listings on the market, if you look at this time last year, there were almost 12,000 new listings hitting the market. And that was per month. When I look at this year, gosh, it's down to 9,300, 9,400. Right. And so that's a percentage change difference of about 20%. And how have you seen that in the marketplace, Dana? Well, it's tough because buyers we speak with on a daily basis, you know, I really want to buy, I'm ready, I've saved, I've gotten my credit score built up, but I just can't find what I'm looking for. Right. I'm, I'm searching, I'm, uh, they're opening up options by way of townships and, and areas and they're being more mobile and the supply is just so low. Um, you know, it's interesting because while inventory is down, you know, almost 20%, the prices are up over 13% right. year over year. Uh, we were sure in the industry, we were absolutely sure that uh, increase in interest rate would bring to, would bring pricing down. Yeah. Historically, isn't that what it's supposed to do? No question about it. You look at when rates started to go up September of last year, we all thought that was going to happen. That, that was, was part, it. I think, the plan by the Federal Reserve and different economic powers that be, sure. let's say, hey, let's slow sure. down this market. Let's get the prices down. It's not happening. It's it's really the it's really difficult when demand outpaces supply so significantly that even the prices didn't move. So I mean, the feds and well, even local were were limited to right. to what we can what tools they can use uh, to really keep pricing in control, and nothing seems to be working. So here we are, and what's what's going to happen next is anyone's guess because. Under normal circumstances, the prices have sh the prices have should have corrected themselves already. Yeah, and they haven't. You know, and it's interesting, you know, because what we've seen in the marketplace is our economy is not faltering. No, at least by the economic indicators that are being put out there. Right. So the expectation would have been, as they started increasing interest rates, that would drop prices, that would drop sure. inflation faster than it's dropping inflation. Sure. But the job market is so robust right now. Yeah. And they continue to add jobs at historic clips. I mean, unemployment right now is 3.8%. And when you have those type of factors in place in the economy that's increasing, gross domestic product was great last quarter, I don't see it changing. All right. Now, there's no way. And I know that um, th those factors on the are on the one side, we talk about uh, new construction. Why won't that get built? And why aren't builders building more? Well, quite honestly, they're running out of land. There's yeah. not that many places to build anymore. How much farmland can you build on? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we're looking at essentially inventory of, of homes for sale, according to NJ Realtors in Monmouth County, where I predominantly focus. Well, if inventory's down 30% year over year, well, there's no way to increase the number of homes. Mm -hmm for sale. There's no way to create that much new build, sure. new construction. The, the amount of land doesn't exist. So what do we do next? Wait for the market to level itself out, let all the other conditions kind of lend itself for that to happen over time. And what if it doesn't? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point that you make. And it'll be interesting to see how things play out going into next year. I mean, I know that the New York Federal Reserve said there was a 70% chance that we go into a recession next year, sometime in 2024, which is like one of the highest levels they've ever had okay. from a predictability standpoint. 
But who knows? Who knows where the market's going to go? The economy continues to be robust. When you look at the whole state of New Jersey and you look at average sales prices in the state of New Jersey, to put it into perspective, and to Dino's point, your average sales price in the state of New Jersey is $630,000 right now. And that's up 13%, according to New Jersey Realtors, since this time last year. And this time last year, we thought it was going to all stagnate. Right. We thought, okay, well, there's no more. We didn't think prices were going to go down. Oh, no. We, no. Thought, we thought they were going to stagnate. Right. We were hoping for stabilization. Yeah. Quite honestly, even from the realtor, the practitioner perspective, you're looking, you're, believe it or not, your realtor does work before he gets and shows up uh, or she shows up. And trying to come up with an accurate value is a little bit challenging when certain basic indicators said prices should be leveling off now. We shouldn't be able to figure out a reasonable number for your home. And then, boom, we put homes on the market and they would still increase and the prices would still go up. Sure. Now, of course, we saw yep. overpricing homes still didn't work. That throws off the average days on market because overpricing is still overpricing and buyers are way more knowledgeable than they ever were. There are too many tools available to them online. They can figure out, go to their favorite website and figure out an approximate value of a home. Mm -hmm. So overpricing a home is still overpricing a home. However, we, we thought last year everything would stabilize mm -hmm. and, and maybe uh, pick up in the spring like normal, but we never expected like uh, predominantly working in Monmouth County a 14% year-over-year increase in value. Mm -hmm. Well, most of the buyers that I work with did not get a 14% increase in pay year-over-year. Year. Right. So what do they do? They lower their standards, they change locations, and they just compete in multiple offer situations over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they blame their realtor, then they're on realtor number three or four. Sometimes it's not the realtor's fault, it's just the market. It's not anything. Yeah. It's just the market conditions are so competitive. It, it really is amazing because when interest rates first went up last year, mm -hmm. you know, we did see some stagnation or some stabilization. Sure. November, December, January, just the, just February. Quarter. Yep. And then exactly. And then it started to all change again. And we start, started seeing properties go back up in value. I want to ask you a question about some of the statistics that we that we're looking at on this report, which we can share to the audience. So number of days on market. So right now it's 31 days on market in the state of New Jersey. Could you explain exactly what that means? So uh, first of all, we have the luxury of uh, belonging to, uh, as realtors belonging to New Jersey Realtors, our state organization. They're able to pull from all the MLSs and kind of really give us some solid data to work with, which helps us make decisions. The days on market increase usually indicates a slowdown of demand. That's, uh, that's ob obviously number one. However, it's also an indication, and this comes from experience, it can also be interpreted as an overpricing issue. Mm -hmm. Because what we have seen in the past, like in markets like in 2006 going into 2007, sellers still expected to be able to overprice their home significantly more than their neighbor's sale mm -hmm. last year and get those numbers. If you know the value increased on paper approximately 14% for your home, overpricing it by 20% probably won't work. 
because buyers have access to the information that they need to make a knowledgeable decision. Are buyers willing to overpay now? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But there is a threshold of pain. They will say too much is too much. We saw uh, two years ago, average days on market uh, in a lot of in a lot of areas is six, five. <laughs> it was, it was so it's getting better. All right, you got something to look better. forward to. It's, it's moving in the right direction. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so when you look at percentage of uh, sales price listed to sold, so right now in the state of New Jersey, it's one hundred and three point one percent. So that means if you were selling a house for a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. It's really going to sell, and that's what you listed it for. Right. It's going to sell for one hundred and three thousand one hundred. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if it's a million dollars, you do the math quarterly in increments of uh, sure. of hundred thousand. Sure. The affordability index, to your point, is dropping yeah. because of interest rates being higher right now, and because inventory stays tight and the values are going up. And the last one I wanted to bring up was month's supply of inventory. So it's two point nine months of inventory right now on average right. in the state of New Jersey. What's a healthy market, do you know? So I don't, healthy is a, a subjective term because months of inventory to realtors and those in our profession mean if no new listings came on the market today, mm -hmm. how long would it take to sell a current amount, a current inventory? There are only three homes today and well, it, it would take us X amount of days or months. Uh, a healthy was always, three to six months, preferably closer to six. Mm -hmm. You knew you were going on the to market. To create a balanced market. To create a balanced market. That's why the, the, you can you can interpret healthy as different ways. Sure. So one month, one month or less, two months or less of inventory, I don't see as a healthy number. Um, even if you're a seller and you think, oh, I'm just, I'm cashing out my equity and this is fantastic and... Well, you have to move somewhere. <laughs> you have to be able to buy something. Right. You have to be able to rent something. So as a seller, even though you may be receiving the most amount of equity that you possibly can, where do you go with right. it? So I prefer having worked through a seller's market than a, oh, in a horrible buyer's market, uh, really, really down market. Again, a, seller, a, a healthy, stable market that was in neither, really somewhere in the middle there is probably the best market for for us in the profession to work in because you can make an offer and come up with a reasonable number as a seller. You can kind of predict what you're going to get and have time to go purchase another property, uh, be it in state or out of state. Sure, so that makes sense. It, it, All right, so no more listings hit the market. <laughs> We're sold out in 2.9 months as it right. is right now. Say in the overall state of New Jersey right now, the amount the the number of homes for sale is about twenty one thousand, which is twenty seven percent less than it was this time last year. So there's certainly some stress and in inventory on the marketplace, but it doesn't mean that there's not opportunities. So Dino, I want to thank you for taking the time to come back on the show. You've been on our podcast in the past and now you've come back into our studio. Thank you so much as always. We've been colleagues for a really long time, friends for a really long time. Thank you, Greg, for having me back. I really appreciate the second opportunity to uh, give my opinion and share my knowledge and what I know about the market. But if you're a consumer, it's really important for you to listen to Greg. It's really important for you to listen to me. And it's really important for you to expand your research. Listen to a Keller Williams agent, a Remax agent, a Weikert agent. See what kind of information they can offer you 
about the market you're looking to buy or sell in. All the information is out there and all the data is available. However, the interpretation of it may vary depending on who you speak with. So make sure you're speaking with someone knowledgeable. Make sure they're interpreting it in a way that makes sense to you and take that and move forward with your real estate purchase and or sale. Thank you so much, Dino. That's you great really insight for the consumer. And to everyone out there, I know we went through some broad strokes today. We spoke about renting versus buying. We spoke about investment opportunities. And then towards the end, we got into some market data for the state of New Jersey. Dino had talked a little bit about Monmouth and Ocean County, but we have all of the information that you may need for any county in the state of New Jersey, and we can drill it down to local municipalities. So if you want to know what the average sales price is, the inventory on the market, percentage of what properties are being sold relative to their list price and all the other things that we're talking about, just reach out to us. We appreciate you listening and watching our show today and we'll look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process hosted by Greg Wareham. Produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in and we look forward to catching up with you next week.